guys, it is Em and Sid with the Pay Attention to This podcast, and we have an exciting new series for you today. Our series is going to cover the human trafficking industry, more specifically the sex trafficking industry. We're going to be talking about pornography industry and what that looks like by the numbers, and we're just going to really dive deep into these topics because... We feel it's so important to be educated on something that's kind of not really talked about. You know, I mean, like, I just feel like, have you ever really had discussions about these topics before? Uh, No, you know, the first time I was exposed to human trafficking and sex trafficking was basically through, you know, social media. I never really heard about it. No one's ever talked to me about it. And I think it's an interesting topic that we should probably pay attention to. (laughs) I think so, too. Yeah, so we're really excited to talk about this. This is something Sydney and I are really passionate about. We've both done various efforts to help combat human trafficking throughout our college, high school lives. We just feel like it's really prevalent and important to tell people about it. So right now we're going to start off with the definition of what human trafficking is and sex trafficking. So I will pass that on to Sid. All right, so first the definition of human trafficking. This is from the Protocol to Prevent, Suppress, and Punish Trafficking in Persons. And this was basically adopted by the United Nations General Assembly in 2000 and accepted in over 200 countries. So we're hoping we give you guys a pretty legitimate definition of human trafficking. But human trafficking is the recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring, or receipt of persons by means of the threat or use of force or other forms of coercion, of abduction, of fraud, of deception, of the abuse of power, of a position, of vulnerability, or of giving or receiving payments or benefits to achieve the consent of a person having control over another person for the purpose of exploitation. So that was a really long definition, but I think basically it says, you know, the transferring, harboring, receipt of people um, under any coercion or any threats or anything like that is human trafficking. And so a little more specifically, sex trafficking, because human trafficking really can encompass forced labor. So basically, I guess you could kind of say modern day slavery, which is sex, you know, sex trafficking is still modern day slavery, but it's for the purposes of sexual gratification more. So the definition for sex trafficking defined by the Trafficking Victims Protection Act of 2000, so also definition created in 2000, defined as the recruitment, harboring, transportation, provision, obtaining, patronizing, or soliciting of a person for the purpose of commercial sex acts. Yeah, and I think it's important to call out these differences because I think everyone considers human trafficking as sex trafficking, but there's so much more. Like, human trafficking is the big umbrella. Sex trafficking is just a little piece of it. I mean, it's a big piece, but So today we're going to cover sex trafficking. So kind of want to talk about what the signs are, who are most vulnerable, and how do people get lured into it because it's just so important to know these things. And so typical signs of someone being trafficked that you can recognize, a lot of times they have evidence of being controlled. They have an inability to move or leave their job. They have bruises and other signs of physical abuse. A lot of times people are depressed. They're not necessarily strong in social settings. And a lot of times they don't have a passport or forms of identification. These are red flags if you think someone could be going through sex trafficking. A lot of times, too, it's people who are supported by a family member with a substance abuse problem or are abused in other ways. They have an older or simply controlling parent or guardian, romantic partner or sponsor will not allow you to meet or speak with the person alone 
or monitor their movements, spending, or communication. So a, a big sign through this, a big theme, is someone being controlled and seeing that person has very little freedom to speak on their own behalf or do anything, really. The people that are most vulnerable to sex trafficking, anyone can experience trafficking in any community. I mean, this isn't an exhaustive list or something that's like, this is the only way that people experience it. I mean, anyone can. This is just commonalities that are seen. Anyone can be a victim of any kind, and traffickers take advantage of people who are really vulnerable. People are vulnerable in a lot of different ways. Um, A lot of times, if you have an unstable living condition, they've experienced previous forms of violence or sexual abuse, they've run away or are involved in the juvenile justice or child welfare system, undocumented, are living in poverty, they have a caregiver or a member who has substance use issue like I mentioned previously, and they're addicted to drugs or alcohol because a lot of times people who are being trafficked are drugged and abused in so many ways. A lot of times they're under their influence every single day because they're forced into it. Traffickers lure people in by a lot of a lot of different ways, but a big thing is like this dream, this empty promise and enchanting story of, oh, you're going to run away with so-and-so for love and luxury, you'll have a stable job and fair wages, and so they're promised a lot of things. Sometimes the red flags, though, aren't as apparent in the recruitment process. A few situations that might raise concerns would be an employer refuses to give workers a signed contract or ask them to sign a contract in a language they can't read. A friend or family member, coworker, or student is newly showered with money and gifts. So there's like a really big identifiable difference in their financial situation and status. If they're in a romantic relationship and all of a sudden they have all of these gifts, that's a sign. I think a lot of times dependency to a friend or family member, they're developing a relationship that seems too close. And sometimes with people they know only solely on social media, that's concerning. And then another sign is that a family member, friend, or coworker is recruited for an opportunity that requires them to move away. And their employer avoids answering questions that give any information about the job. This is kind of a lot of information overload and just kind of a list of facts. But and it takes a lot to process that alone. But it's so important to know these facts to help see and recognize what's going on around us because... I think a lot of times we find ourselves caught up in this bubble of my surroundings are great, they're safe, I'm thankful I have a great family, I went to a great college, I have great friends, and so I'm not necessarily aware of the things that are going on in the world sometimes, you know, because I'm so focused on where I am in the present. It's so important, though, to talk about things like this because they happen everywhere we go under our noses and right in front of our faces. We need to be able to recognize these signs in order to put an end to sex trafficking, to human trafficking. These are just simple things you may notice with classmates and your friends on a daily basis. If you recognize any of these things, you know, maybe you should start asking yourself, could this person be a victim of sex trafficking and you could potentially save someone's life? So that's why it's so important to know this information. Information overload, but we are going to go into the numbers a little bit more, and Sydney's going to start talking about the research that we've found. Yeah, so the numbers on sex trafficking in the U.S. come from a nonprofit called Polaris, and they are actually known as the largest data set on sex and labor trafficking in the United States. They even let you know on their site and on their reports that this 
likely represents only a small subset of the actual trafficking occurring in the United States. So this data should not be confused for the prevalence of human trafficking in the U.S. Therefore, this means this is actual hard data. These are not estimates, benchmarks, or theories on how big it actually is. If we look into their data, in 2019, there were 22,326 trafficking victims and survivors identified in the U.S. And of that, there were 14,597 of the victims were from sex trafficking, and 1,048 were both sex and labor trafficking. So like we said, that it breaks up into sex trafficking and labor trafficking. We, you know, under the overall umbrella of human trafficking. And so the majority of victims of human trafficking in the U.S. were sex trafficking victims. Over 4,000 traffickers were identified in the U.S., which is almost a fourth or a fifth of the total number of trafficking victims. The average age of people who were sex trafficked in the U.S. was 17 years old. So this is, the average age was a minor in the U.S. for sex trafficking victims. And the situations that were determined in what context these uh, victims were being sex trafficked were escort services, illicit massage, health, and beauty businesses, and then pornography. The escort services seem to be the largest grouping of these victims, and pornography seemed to be the least or the smallest group of grouping of these victims. But overall, those are the three areas where they were identified in the U.S., and Just to add to that, something that's important to note, a lot of times if massage places, nail salons, places like that only accept cash, that is typically a red flag that there is human trafficking going on. It may not seem like it, but that is something so important to know. If a business only accepts cash, ask questions, dive further, don't trust it. And so by state, we're just going to give a little bit of state information. The state with the highest rate of sex trafficking was Nevada. I have some theories on this. I'm thinking Vegas may be a theory. I don't know what you guys think about that, but the rate was 7.63 people per 100,000 were sex trafficked in Nevada. And then Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, and Delaware also had very high rates of trafficking. And then some of the states with the lowest rates, just to flip the other side of that, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Idaho, Vermont, and Connecticut were the five lowest rates of trafficking in those states. And the overall average rate in the United States is 2.85 per 100,000 people. We checked out the U.S. population as of December 30th, 2020, and it's 331 million people in the U.S. And so if you take that rate, there's about almost 10,000 people trafficked in the U.S. per year that are caught, like (laughs) that are actually identified in the U.S. per year, 10,000. And so Emily is going to talk about the more estimated and benchmarked numbers. And I think it's going to be pretty astounding because the identified numbers are just so much lower than the numbers that they think are going around. Yeah, and that's important is that these are estimations. So my freshman year, I took a class that was all about human trafficking as a whole. And my professor was doing a lot of research for the state of Texas for human trafficking. And so This came from that report that she released in 2015-2016. It's called the Human Trafficking Mapping Project of Texas, the Initial Benchmark of Prevalence and Economic Impact for Texas. So this is human trafficking as a whole, but they found that there are approximately 314,000 victims of trafficking in Texas at any given time. Of those 79,000, or 25% of the population of trafficking victims in Texas, 
are minors and youth under 25 years old who have been victims of commercial sexual exploitation or sex trafficking at some point in their lives. So this is an estimated of 79,000 minors and youth under 25, under 25 alone. The study found that minor and youth sex trafficking costs the state of Texas approximately $6.6 billion in lifetime care. My professor's name was Professor Bush Amandaras, and this all came from her study. And so I just feel like those are really big numbers of what's estimated is so much larger than what's known. And it's really hard to get those known hard facts. Well, so basically, you know, Emily is saying from her professor's study that they think there are over 300,000 victims of of trafficking in just Texas alone at any given time. But then this Polaris report is saying that they have only can identify about 10,000 a year in the whole U.S. So it kind of screams that there is a giant problem of not being able to identify a lot of victims. It's really hard. And that's what's scary is, I mean, these estimations, I feel like, prove what it kind of what I said earlier is that it's so much more prevalent than we think, than we know. It's literally happening at all times around us everywhere. You know, looking at these numbers, U.S. is actually, according to the Secretary of State's office, the U.S. is categorized as a tier one country in terms of trafficking. According to their website, this means that the government of the United States fully meets the minimum standards for the elimination of trafficking. The government continued to demonstrate serious and sustained efforts during the reporting period. Therefore, the United States remains tier one. And these efforts included increasing the number of investigations, increasing the amount of funding for victim services, and increasing enforcement of the prohibition of imports made wholly in part by forced labor. So the United States is considered in good standing when it comes to human trafficking, although the numbers, I guess, confuse me a little bit, Emily. I mean, I don't know how you feel about all that. I just maybe feel like tier one is not accurate. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's tier one. Yeah, I don't think we're tier one. I mean, yeah, and like there's tons of places to go look at numbers of trafficking victims and sex trafficking victims specifically on the Internet. You know, the estimations just seem to be very off from the actual arrests and identifications. So and also from the same exact website, this is a collective data coming from the DOJ, the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of the State. So Secretary of State's office and the Department of Defense, which are the primary investigating agencies, federal agencies for human trafficking. And so this is their data from 2019. So the same year that Polaris put out this data too. the Department of Homeland Security opened over a thousand investigations related to human trafficking. The DOJ opened 600 human trafficking investigations. And then the Secretary of State opened over 100 or 134 human trafficking-related cases worldwide. And lastly, the Department of Defense reported investigating 65 human trafficking-related military, DOD, military, civilian, and contract personnel, which is interesting. But basically, these numbers, the 1,000, the 600, the 134, and then the 65, just seem so much lower than these giant estimations. I mean, this is, for, this is all federal trafficking, you know, federal investigations into trafficking. And the highest number they have that any one of these federal agencies has opened into is just over a thousand. And in 2019, the DOJ initiated a total of 220 federal human trafficking prosecutions and charged 343 defendants. Of these prosecutions, 208 predominantly involved sex trafficking. 
Eventually, the DOJ secured convictions of 475 traffickers, and of those 400, or 475 traffickers, 454 were involved in sex trafficking. So not just human trafficking, they were involved in the actual sex trafficking. But basically, this is to me, this is, says that these federal agencies fighting human trafficking are barely touching the surface of it. Part of me kind of wonders, like, not to develop some theory or anything, but I almost, I mean, I know this is a prevalent issue that a lot of people care about, but I wonder if it's underreported for the sake of optics. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe we should get your professor on the podcast and see what (laughs) what she knows. (laughs) Because the estimations are so large, Mm -hmm. and then what's actually reported is so small. And I'm like, there's no way... If those are the actual estimations, how how have people not had more reportings? Like, how have there not been more reports and of this? I just don't. It's like, where is that disconnect? I would love to know. Hey, if any of you listeners know the answer to our questions, once again, we're trying to learn as well as you guys. And if y'all have data or something to explain this, we would love to see it. Please email us at. Pay attention to this at protownmail.com. And lastly, uh, we kind of wanted to talk about those federal agencies again fighting in-person trafficking. And then Emily's going to give a shout out to her favorite organization that fights trafficking here in the U.S. But in 2017, President Donald Trump did sign and created a agency called the President's Interagency Task Force to monitor and combat trafficking in persons. It's shortened as P-I-T-F. Basically, it brings all the federal agencies, like what I was mentioning before, the DOD, the DOJ, Secretary of State, all together under one umbrella so that their resources are being used appropriately to fight human trafficking. And there's, you know, a long list of, of these agencies. I think there's about, what, 13, 14 of them all in here. And what they do is they pull money, they pull resources, data, training, and actual, you know, people to go make the arrests all together into one to fight human trafficking in the U.S. So I actually think that this interagency task force is a great thing, but I feel like it's barely scratching the surface. So um, it's great, though, that the federal government starting to work with its other agencies and departments to get more done. Yeah, I mean, they even have the Department of Transportation and Education involved. I think they're really trying to make an effort to bring in every department that could provide influence to this issue. And now Emily's going to give a little shout out to her favorite organization that fights human trafficking here in the U.S. Yeah, so I am really familiar and I love OUR Rescue or R Rescue. It stands for Operation Underground Railroad. What it is, is it's a human trafficking organization that helps fight this, and they go on the front lines and catch these people. They do a lot of operations where they send people overseas disguised in order to set up meetings with these traffickers to create a fake transaction, and they catch the trafficker. They have them on video because it's really something that's really hard is that you have to have proof that these people are trafficking. So they make sure they make sure that they have on camera the trafficker admitting to a certain number of bullet points that they have to admit to have as evidence. And so once they do that, they have operatives that come in and they arrest the trafficker. They also have people who go in and swoop the girls to save them. They put them on a bus with counselors on hand and they send them to a safe house. And so they do rescue missions all the time. They keep a lot of their employees' identity private 
in order to protect them and keep these missions going, but it is one of my favorites. And so they were founded in 2013, and they say that they've gathered the world's experts in extraction operations and in anti-child trafficking efforts to bring an end to child slavery. Once the victims are rescued, a comprehensive process involving justice for the perpetrators and recovery and rehabilitation for the survivors begins. That's what's so important is that they cover all the bases. They don't just catch the traffickers and then, okay, end a mission. They go pull all the stops in order to really save the victims' lives. And they say it's time for private citizens and organizations to rise up and help. It's our duty as a free and blessed people. And that is so true. There are thousands of organizations that Sydney and I could list here. So beautiful. We just don't have the time to do that. But this is one of my favorites. They actually produced a documentary on this called The Abolitionists. Such a good documentary. It goes behind the scenes on their operations, what they do, the lives that they've saved. Incredible. And on their Instagram, they consistently update it with successful operations and how many people they've rescued. So, for example, they put the location. And so like Texas, August and September 2020, they had nine survivors rescued and four predators arrested. At the end of quarter three in 2020, they had 183 operations completed. I mean, these people are constantly fighting. These are the people who are out there really making a difference. And another thing, though, that's so important to wrap this up is they're doing great things there. It's dangerous. It's a lot of work, but you can also help just by educating people. I mean, I had no idea that some of this stuff went on and I am so much more cognizant and aware of the things going on around me that now that I have all of this knowledge in my head, I know how common it is. I know what's happening. I know how to recognize it. I'm a lot more aware and sensitive to these issues. You don't have to be on the front lines going off and rescuing these kids to make a difference and end human trafficking. Education, I think, is one of the biggest and most important things to combat it. Call to action is one, education. Two, educate others. Watch documentaries. If you do think someone could be trafficked, ask some questions. Leading questions like, what type of work do you do? Are you being paid? Can you leave your job if you want to? Have you or your family ever been threatened? What are your work conditions like? Where do you sleep and eat? Do you have to ask permission to go to the bathroom, to sleep, to eat? Has your identification or documentation been taken from you? These are key things that we can do to stop this. And just creating this podcast in itself is awesome because, again, we're so passionate about this and we want to educate as many people as possible. Do you have any closing thoughts, Sid? You know, in addition to Emily's comment on, you know, educating yourself, you're going to see probably in the next couple episodes, there's a lot of legal stuff and online stuff and other things that can be done and we're going to want to talk about that and it's really really interesting and And, you know trying to get your representatives you know not to be cheesy but try to get your representatives to listen to you on human trafficking because it's modern day slavery I mean it's it's anyway uh, Emily and I are very passionate about this and we hope you guys learned something about this and if you guys have any data sets that you really, really like or that are your favorite on sex trafficking or human trafficking, send them over. We'd love to see them. Any organizations that you're really passionate about, too, combating this issue, we'd love to learn about them because there's a lot of great people trying to continue this effort. We hope you all enjoyed this episode on defining what trafficking is, sex trafficking, and the numbers on it in the U.S. and how they're fighting it. And we hope that you enjoyed listening to pay attention to this.